0: you are listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast delivered every Tuesday where we feature timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and the economy in the hope of providing you investing and trading guidance here's your host Royce Aguilar from the research department at First Metro Sec. hello everyone this is Royce Aguilar from the research department of First Metro Securities And welcome to another episode of Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. For those that are new, what we usually do is we discuss the weekly summary and outlook of the market and then after we'll talk about the theme. So this time around, we'll talk about A-REITs, REITs REITs as a whole, and Ayala REIT Inc. So let's discuss first what happened last week. So last week, the PSEI fell by 108 points, or that's around 1.75% weekly to close at 6,088.75. Renewed worries over the rising daily COVID-19 cases, with major Metro Manila hospitals again reaching full critical care capacity as well as local regulatory risk weighed on the market. Losses were paired in the latter part of the week after data published by the New England Journal of Medicine showed Moderna's coronavirus vaccine produced a robust immune response in all 45 patients in its early-stage human trial. In terms of volume, Volume was relatively low last week at 4.7 billion compared to six-month average of around 6 billion, while foreigners remain to be net sellers at around 3.7 billion pesos. For this week, we expect volatility to remain as investors continue to track the level of dealing increase in various cases in the country, especially in NCR. After presidential spokesperson Harry Rock has said that Metro Manila may revert back to a more stringent modified enhanced community quarantine. Should the case doubling rate fail to decline? On the international front, the global market may take you from the following. First, debate on the new fiscal stimulus where U.S. Congress is expected to address the aid for state and local governments. And the second one is the release of the second quarter or first half earnings from select U.S. blue chip companies. Moving on to our stock picks for the week, we have a couple of buy calls and one sell call. So first, let's discuss the buy call. So first one is Megawide. So last Friday, Megawide disclosed that Manila International Airport Authority granted the original proponent status to the company for the development of the NAIA airport. Of course, although the details of the new plan have yet to be revealed, this is a welcome development for the company, which is also, you know, m and GMR is a tandem which is also the operator of the Mactan Cebu International Airport. Keep in mind that Mactan International Airport served around 12.7 million passengers last 2019. Meanwhile, the NIA served around nearly 48 million passengers in 2019. So that's beyond the annual passenger capacity of the NAIA of 30.7 or 30.5 million. Nevertheless, that is a welcome development for m given that this is a huge project. In terms of price action, what are we looking at? Current price is around 7.24. You can buy current price or once it breaks out of 8 pesos. So those, those are the price levels you should be looking at. Our next buy call is Aboitis Power Corp. Thermomobile Inc. It's a wholly owned subsidiary of AP through Thermapower Inc. has withdrawn its request for deregistration from the OSM or Wholesale Electricity Spot Market and disconnection from the Manila Electric Company System. Following the Ancillary Services Procurement Agreement, that was signed between Thermomobile and National Grid Corp of the Philippines. TMI or Thermomobile only accounts for around six percent of EP's capacity, but we think this is still positive for the company since Thermomobile's plants will not be under reserve shutdown. Instead, continue commercial operations. In terms of price action, if we're looking at with the company trading between 25.50 and 30 pesos. That's the range it's trading right now. We think this is a good reserve reward trade. Just set your cut loss below 25.50 and you'll be okay. And then our cell call for the Felix Mining Corp. Management said that the $750 million silangan copper and gold project is facing challenges in terms of attracting potential investors. Management added that many companies in the world are in survival mode and are assessing their business models, operation, and capital deployment strategies. So this actually impacted... Felix's ability to attract new investors to its project, which is envisioned to start before PadCal ceases operation by end 2022. So we expect negative sentiment to persist since PadCal, that's Felix, only operating minus remaining life of around until end 2022. Hence, we believe that any delay in the project development of the Silangan project could put TX future mining operation at risk. That being said, traders can sell at current prices or once it breaks below its current support of 2.65. In terms of technical analysis, we're looking at, you know, support at still at 5946. Uh, we're also pegging support at its 50-day and 100-day moving average, which is technically near at each other. So in terms of what we saw last week, so the PSA continued to drop after breaking below its trend line. Of course, on a positive note, the market managed to stay above its 50-day and 100-day moving averages. However, in terms of market it's, it's continued to show strong momentum. MACD line trading near the zero line and MACD line still going further below the signal line. But nevertheless, until the market's above 5946, we think it's still good to accumulate at least slightly at pullbacks. But when it goes below 5946, we think that's the time to lighten position. Of course, a further downside expected once it goes below 5946. Okay, so our theme for the week is about a REIT, the Ayala REIT, which is set to be listed on the middle of August. So of course, and before we discuss Ayala REIT, I would like to discuss first, what is a REIT, a real estate investment trust? So it is a company that owns, operates, or finances income-producing properties, so usually REITs generate a steady income stream for investors, but offer little in the way of capital appreciation. So if, if you know, or if you're aware of preferred shares, this has the same peg or approach in terms of movement, in terms of share price, but in terms of um, dividends, at least that's how you would appreciate having a REIT. It's more on the steady income stream, the dividend it gives. So most REITs are publicly traded like stocks, which makes them highly liquid, of course, compared to actually owning a physical real estate investment. So that's how, uh, unique REITs are. A lot of countries have REITs, and this is the first time we'll have this in the Philippines. That's why, uh, it's a, it's anticipated, right? Because you can have, or at least you can indirectly own a property, like a stock. You can indirectly own a company. In REITs, you can indirectly own a stock or a, a real estate investment without having to buy an actual physical real estate investment. So what qualifies as a REIT? Most REITs have a straightforward business model. So the REIT leases space and collects rents on the properties, then distributes that income as dividends to shareholders. For example, one one example of REITs is mortgage REITs. They don't own real estate, but finance real estate instead. So these REITs earn income from the interest on their investment. So in terms of what qualifies as a REIT, or at least I would like to further discuss the rules and regulations set by the SEC. Of course, this has been the one that's been talked about for the last decade, right? And this new rules and regulation set by the SEC made it clearer now. So let's discuss the rules and regulations set by the SEC. So the new rules and regulation actually is now more accessible um, in terms of investment opportunities in real estate. So by not limiting investment to developers, REIT offers more buyers the option to invest directly in finished products, such as residential, offices, hotels, or shopping malls. This may also include roads, power plants, or other infrastructure. This is an attractive feat to dividend-seeking buyers since 90% of their income should be distributed annually to its investors. So 90% of the income from those properties that are part of the REIT of the company. 90% of those income will be distributed to investors, right? That's actually a rule. Another is the lower minimum public ownership requirement. So this is more of the perspective of the real estate developer. So of course, uh, previously, the requirement was 67% minimum public ownership requirement. So right now, as per the new rules and regulations set by SEC, it's now at 33%. So this will encourage the formation of more rates and will be all tax to reinvest the funds raised locally within a period of one year. Also, there's more tax incentives for REIT. So taxation will also ease up on transactions as REIT companies are promised more tax incentives such as VAT exemption. There will also be no income tax collectibles and implement the removal of the 50% documentary stamp tax for the transfer of property. In terms of listings, according to the rules and regulations, it's, this will be now an easier way to list REIT compared to the rules and regulations set years ago. More players can invest without having to own properties or deal with high transaction costs and illiquidity. This will also provide for greater inclus- inclusiveness in the financial system and a more competitive local bourse since there will become more REIT firms to its product offerings. So another is Assured REIT compliance. So REIT firms, fund managers, and property managers will be subjected to stricter requirements to ensure independence. Right? So this is good from the perspective of the investor. right? So these stakeholders will also be expected to comply with the regulations and the minimum public ownership. So non-compliance will result in the suspension of the firm's trading activities for six months and impose delistment ma- if left unresolved. So let's talk about Briefly, the pros and cons for investing in REITs as a well. whole. REITs can play an important part in investment portfolio because they can offer a like, strong, stable annual dividend and the potential for long-term capital appreciation. But of course, that's again, that's not what you're expecting. It's more on the annual dividends. So at least let's talk about in the US. In the US, REIT total return performance for the last 20 years has outperformed the S&P 500 index other indices, and the rate of inflation. At least, to give you that point of view, in the US, that's the total return performance of REITs. So let's talk about the pros first, right? On the plus side, REITs are easy to buy and sell, as most trade on public exchanges, like Ayala REIT. This is a feature that mitigates some of the traditional drawbacks of real estate. When you, tra- when you want to sell, for example, if you own an actual physical real estate, if, if at a... At a at a, at a struggling economy, it's hard to sell your property at a profit, right? So compared to uh, a REIT, you can sell them whatever you want. So performance-wise, REITs offer attractive risk-adjusted returns and stable cash flow. Also, a real estate presence can be good for your, a, a portfolio of an investor because it provides diversification and dividend-based income. On the downside, REITs don't offer much in terms of capital appreciation. As part of their structure, they must pay 90% of income back to investors. So only 10% of taxable income can be reinvested back into the REIT to buy new holdings. So other negatives, some REITs have probably um, management and transaction fees. To apply that to a REIT, of course, reading the prospectus. Under the fund management agreement, the fund manager will actually receive a management fee equivalent to 0.10% of Deposited property value plus 3.5% of the EBITDA before deduction of fees payable. That's the fund management agreement. Under the property management agreement, the property manager will receive a management fee comprising 3% of AREITs company's gross rental income and interest income from finance lease per year plus 2% of their EBITDA before deducting fees payable. That's the details in terms of the fund management and the property management. So there, there are fees. Now, now we've discussed what is a REIT, pros and cons. I'd like to discuss now the offer details of a read Ayala REIT, Inc. So its offer size is up to 456.8 million shares or up to 14 billion pesos. It has an over allotment option of 45.6 million. So in terms of its price, it could be up to 30.05 per share, right? So in terms of the pricing date, we will know that, on Wednesday. So, in terms of allocation, 70% of shares would be allocated to institutional investors, 20% through PSE trading participants, and 10% for the local small investors. So, if you want to subscribe, you, you should buy at least one, 100 shares and in multiple of 100 shares thereafter. So, you can, if you want to buy 100 shares and if you want to buy more, you, can, you, you must have 200, 300, at, and the like. And the allocation for a trading participant like us, First Metro, is 1,100,000 1, shares. So that's around 33 million. For local small investors, you could actually buy as much as 3,300 shares. Or in, if you want that on the peso value, that's 99,165. So for example, if you gauge there's so much demand for AD and you want to have uh, you want to buy, for example, you want to buy through your broker, you also want to buy through the PSEZ, that's a good way to do it for you to have, to at least maximize your allocation. In terms of the offer period, it's on, it's from July 27 to August 3, right? Again, pricing date is on Wednesday, and the listing date is on August 13. So the use of proceeds, read actually disclosed this. The use of proceeds to fund the company's intended acquisition of Teleperformance Cebu, or an alternative building from the sponsor or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates that financially and strategically meets or exceeds the teleperformance Cibu and the company's financial and strategic investment criteria. So it's more of an expansion. So that's good. That's good to hear. So who is ARIT? So ARIT Inc. is a real estate company established in the Philippines. So previously this was known as the One de la Rosa property development. So, but ayala ko. Ayala changed its name to Ayala Land REIT Inc. last April 2019. So in terms of the property involved in this A-REET, A-REET's property portfolio consists of three commercial buildings in Metro Manila. So namely, Solaris 1. So Solaris 1, is this is the first property. This is a 24-story grade A PES accredited commercial building owned by Ayala Land. This was completed in 2008 and is located at De La Rosa Street in Makati City. That's the first one. Second one is the Ayala North Exchange. It's also a grade A mixed use development owned by Ayala Land, and it consists of two towers situated on top of a three story retail podium. So the first tower is 30 story, consisting of 12 story headquarters office, with the remaining 18 stories housing SEDA residences Makati. Right? So it also has a second tower, a 20 story PESA accredited BPO office designed for 24 7 operations. So, both office hours are PESA accredited, right? So, again, it's located at Ayala Ave, um, Legazpi Village, Makati City. So, Solaris 1, Ayala North Exchange is the second one. Third one is McKinley Exchange. So, this is a five-story grade A PESA accredited mixed-use development owned by the sponsor which began operations 2015. So, this is located along McKinley Road in Makati, Metro Manila, preeminent financial business district. Now let's dissect a bit about the property, right? So in terms of the financial performance, Ayala North Exchange actually has the highest, both in the gross revenue and net operating income. So Ayala North Exchange accounts for fifty-four percent of the three properties in terms of gross revenue, right? So in terms of percentage lease. Solaris One and Ayala North Exchange is 100% leased out, according to the prospectus, while McKinnon Exchange is 98.4% leased out. So going back to the revenue part, the gross revenue of Solaris One is around $188 million as of March 31, 2020. That's as, so that's as of first quarter of the year, while Ayala North Exchange is around $240 million in gross revenue, while McKinnon Exchange is only around $19 million. So in terms of the valuation, So according to Prospectus, these three properties were valued by Asian Appraisal last June 17, 2020. So the value of the property, so for example, for Solaris 1, it's valued at, properties valued at 12 billion. Ayala North Exchange is valued at 16 billion, while McKinney Exchange is valued at 2 billion. So the value of those three properties is around 30.15 billion pesos. So again, Ayala North Exchange, both in terms of revenue, net operating income, and valuation is the highest. In terms of tenant profiles, of course, it's also good to know given uh, the pandemic right now. Of course, so we are concerned of if especially if these companies can actually pay out their rent moving forward. Let's discuss the lo- 10 largest tenants. I'm, j- I'm just going to mention the 10 largest tenants in Ayala North Exchange, and in McKinney Exchange, and in Solaris one, in terms of gross leasable area. So the first one is Shell. The second one is Makati North Hotel Ventures. Third is Concentrix. Fourth is Oracle NetSuite. Fifth is BPI. Sixth is Telus. Seventh is ANZ Global Services. Eighth is AmaiSim Philippines. It's an outsourcing company. Ninth is Prulife. Tenth is Novartis. So those are the 10 largest tenants, and they actually account for 87% of the total gross leasable area of those three properties under A-REIT, This is good to discuss, of course. For example, if A-REIT is priced at 30.05 pesos, the implied dividend yield for the year of 2020 is 4.36%. And for the next year, for 2021, the implied dividend yield is 5.26%. Again, that's assuming the offer price is 30.05. But for example, if there's a 5% discount on the offer price, at, for example, if it's listed at 28.55, dividend yield will increase. So from 2020, it's now going to be 4.59%, and for 2021, 5.53%. So again, okay, you can see the relationship here. The lower, The offer price, the higher the implied dividend yield. Again, let's discuss the last one. For example, if EUD is listed at 10% discount of the 30.05 ceiling, for example, it's now priced at 27.05. The implied dividend yield for 2020 is 4.84%, while in 2021 is 5.84%. So that's why it's good to know the offer price on Wednesday because this will tell us. They imply dividend yield moving forward. So, in terms of our opinion on AVE, at least in a nutshell, of course, again, we want to really know. To we want to know first the offer price. So, in terms of qualitative, wise A-REIT will benefit from the stable cash flow given the high occupancy rate. We mentioned earlier the high occupancy rate, hundred percent for Solaris One, right, and for the Ayala North Exchange, while McKinney Exchange is 984 percent occupied, right. And it's noteworthy really that the length of the office lease contracts ranges from 5 to 10 years with built-in annual escalation of 3 to 10%. So that's good. However, for example, based on the current pricing of 30.05, it seems like the yield is not, we do see that the yield, it's not that enticing, assuming it's priced at 30.05. And actually, we think that is a bit expensive and the implied dividend will be lower compared to, for example, other listed preferred shares out there. Right. However, note that the 30.05 pesos was the price mentioned by the company prior to the pandemic. That's the ceiling price anyway. That's why we, there might be some upside in terms of implied dividend yield and there might be lower offer price. So again, that's why it's very important to take note of the price level. The thing here is if a REIT is priced at 30.05, we think they're not pricing the risk because if that's the price, Prior to the pandemic, it, it has the same price moving forward. it We think that they're not pricing in the risk, right? You have now risk of lower rental income during the pandemic, risk of possible lower occupancy, even liquidity issues, right? We think the optimal price is um, to incentivize holders of that AUD is not 30.05, definitely lower than that. Of course, it's not really that the, the implied yield, even if it's 30.05, is higher than the government tenure bond yield you can buy other preferred shares with higher implied dividend yield that's the how we can compare it right but bottom line AREIT is fundamentally attractive right it dividend is assured or most likely assured moving forward but bottom line what we want to wait for is the price announcement on wednesday so fundamentally the price is or the company is okay we just want a lower Offer price compared to 30.05. That's it. So thank you. This is Rosa Guilar from the Research Department. And as always, your future first. Thanks for listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly podcast. Don't forget to follow us to get first dibs on our new episodes. For more up to date market news and info, exclusive content and the opportunity to connect with your fellow filipino investors and traders join facebook.com groups slash metrosec and be part of the first metrosec family